This is More Than Therapy Podcast. More Than Therapy. This is More Than Therapy. More Than Therapy Podcast. This is More Than Therapy. More Than Therapy Podcast. This is More Than Therapy Podcast. And welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy Podcast. Today's special guest is Mrs. Elliot. Mrs. Elliot has a coaching style that draws from work as a life, spiritual, and relationship coach and focuses on a path that leads to growth and healing. She walks with you as you explore your thoughts, feelings, and experiences in a safe and judgment-free environment. She uses a variety of gentle but highly effective coaching techniques to help you find your truth and let go of the blocks that have been holding you back. Her goal is to support her clients as they work to gain self-understanding and self-awareness. But you are the expert in your experience, and she's there to facilitate the process of your own exploration and growth, and she is committed to your journey. On today's episode of the Modern Therapy Podcast, she will talk to us about abusive brain chatter and whether or not, if you are staying with an emotional abuser, whether or not you are the emotional abuser based on that abusive brain chatter. Today's special guest, Mrs. Elliott. Well, hello. Hello, hello. Great intro. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for uh, coming on the Modern Therapy Podcast show today. Um your story, your innovative way to address trauma, especially emotional trauma, the emotional trauma that we often experience and then re-experience within ourselves. You know what I'm saying? That negative self-talk, it can be the most damning thing in supervision. I'm talking to a couple of my supervisees about that negative self-talk that they tell themselves as it comes in preparation for their exam or moving to the next level in their career. So it's a damning thing. That mind, I told somebody the other day, the mind is a very interesting thing. The brain is a very interesting thing. You have to be very, very mindful of what you tell it. Yes. (laughs) Yes, exactly. So tell us first, I mean, of course, you're going to tell us about the ABC program, but what you're going to remember, what you're going to tell us is what led to it, right? Well, yeah, I can I can basically just share with you quickly my story. And my story was that uh, I used to talk to myself just horribly. And um, it came from, you know, some of my core beliefs, some of what my parents taught me um, and uh, what school people tell you at school. You know, we, we just start talking to ourselves to protect ourselves. And that that voice is there often to protect us, but it can get really, really loud. And mine got very, very loud. And I found myself one day in bed with a remote control in one hand and a box of frosted mini wheats in the other hand, just watching TV, binge watching TV and binge eating. And the voice was telling me, just horrible things that I would never change. I'd never get out of bed. I'd never, you know, I was a terrible parent. It was, it was really, really bad that day. And I realized that that, that moment, I had to find a different voice that for 42 years, I've been listening to this voice and this voice was not taking me where I wanted to go. 
this voice was taking me into addiction. And so I that's when I started my journey of self-healing and growth. And what I learned as I went on was to be kinder to myself. Um, in in 12-step programs, they talk about making amends, making amends to ourself uh, for the way I talked to myself, for the way I treated myself. And then I became, you know, after I became a successful businesswoman, which I never could have done before, you know, when I was laying in bed, I was telling myself I was going nowhere. I was never going to make enough money. And when I finally got the help I needed to go in and challenge my thinking and change my thinking, and I found a spiritual center, then I was able to open my own business and it grew uh, into a wonderful business that I was able to sell. And then I started thinking about all of the people like me who maybe needed help with that talk and who weren't able to understand what it was, you know? So I thought, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna become a life coach and I'm gonna show other people how to do this. And then as part of the life coaching, I became a spiritual coach because I found that even with life coaching, that until you can get to that, that really kind, loving voice, until you can get to whatever your higher power is, where whether it's love and beauty or whatever it is, that you're not going to be able to change because your voice, that, that voice in your head is going to hold you back. It's there to protect you. It doesn't want you to fail. So it's going to really start chirping loudly. And uh, so I became a spiritual coach so I could take clients even further into that journey. And then what I found, Felipe, is that my clients were exhibiting a lot of abusive brain chatter. When they came in, initially, our first few sessions would be, you know, about them setting goals and what they wanted to do in their life and, you know, helping them find that dream. But as we got further into the coaching process, the block was their own mind, their own fear that would chat and chatter away. So I started really working on abusive brain chatter. It's, it's my life's work. I feel like it's so important. And as you said at the beginning, we all chatter, right? I mean, you know, that's just, that's the natural. I mean, the statistics are astounding when you think about that. There, I think there's a statistic that in my research for my book that, you know, 12, we have 12,000 thoughts a day, which I think is a lot. But, you know, even, even if we break it in half and say we have 6,000 thoughts a day, of those, they say 80% are negative. So that's a lot of chatter, right? And so I think, you know, the, the, the emotional abuse part was an important piece for me. And that's why I bring it into my work. When I realized that all the things I was saying to myself uh, were emotional abuse, they were, they were uh, something that an abuser would do. When I looked up what, you know, emotional abuse was, you know, I found out it was bullying. Well, you know, how many times do people, how many times do you call yourself stupid or weak or, you know, whatever name we call ourselves and belittling, that's another sign of emotional abuse. And that's dismissing yourself, you know, saying, oh, you know, I'm not that good. Oh, that wasn't that good. Somebody says, oh boy, that song was wonderful. You sang beautiful, no, oh, wasn't that good. That's belittling yourself. 
and negative negatively commenting on your looks that's a huge one for women especially you know we just turn on zoom and we immediately start the chatter right what's going to start chatter quicker than going on zoom and looking at your wrinkles and looking at whatever it is that you see or looking at a photo so that's another form of emotional abuse and then there's gaslighting you know that's the and I and I know a lot of clients when they come to me they they need reality checks because they're telling themselves they're not sure if it's them or if it's other people you know I set a boundary but they cross this boundary was that me should I have set a larger boundary they're, they're always questioning themselves and gaslighting themselves and then the last one is isolating which is what I did and which a lot of abusers do I mean that's what uh, you know, that's what people do when they overeat. They're isolating. They stay home. They don't participate. They use substances like drugs or pornography. I mean, if you're sitting in front of your screen, you know, just scrolling pornography, um, you're not out there living in the world. You know, you're maybe, you know, you're, you're isolating. So those are the things that we need to pay attention to when we're uh, looking and listening to what our brain says. And that's why this became my life's work and uh, why I am writing this book, Healing, Healing the ABCs, uh, Healing Abusive Brain Chatter Using the ABCs. So uh, Felipe, I came up with like just a you know, quick ABC, just as a reminder for my clients so that they would know um, how to kind of get through it quickly. Once we did the work, there's work to be done. It's not as simple as ABC, but this is how I work with my clients. I do the ABCs. Would you like to know the ABCs or I can do them now and, and share with you that, you know, A stands for awareness. Be aware of what you're saying to yourself. That's so important. Um, you know, I set a timer on my phone um, that, that pops up and says, what are you thinking? What are you feeling? Because I just want to make sure I want to check in with myself. What is the dialogue? What is happening? What is what am I telling myself? So that's the first part. You know, even if I write it down, you know, even if you just start writing it down for a few days, what am I saying to myself? What negative thoughts am I saying? Just kind of do it as an observer, right? And then the second part, second step, the B of the ABCs is believe. And this is where the spiritual work comes in. Because what I found and what I find with my clients is there's no way that I could have cured my brain. I couldn't change my brain with my brain. I needed to have a higher voice that I could rely on. And that June day, 28 years ago, I got on my knees <laughs> and I'm not a religious person, but I got on my knees and I said, I can't listen anymore. I need, I need to hear a kind of voice. I need some guidance. And so that be that believe learning how to find that kinder, softer, gentler voice. And I have a lot of clients who don't believe in God. They don't believe in you know, they're not spiritual, they're not religious, and that's okay. No one says you have to be. 
But if you're tapping in, if you're quieting your mind and what you're hearing is chatter, is something that's telling you you're not good enough or something that's not um, supporting you, then you haven't tapped into your the belief that, that you need to tap into. You need to tap into a higher thought in order to uh, combat that abusive brain chatter. And then, of course, the C part of it is challenge. Challenge your core beliefs. Because our core beliefs are what gets our abusive brain chatter going, right? You know, if you think you're not good enough, well, your abusive brain chatter is going to start running with it. And we all come up with these core beliefs. I mean, we, you know, we have, uh, you know, for example, in my life, I had a core belief. My mother um, was always trying to fix me. She always, you know, taking me on diets and taking me to plastic surgeons. And, you know, I had this belief that I wasn't good enough, that who I was, who I showed up with wasn't pretty enough. It wasn't good enough. And then the further belief from my mother was that I had to be all of those things in order to be in a happy, successful relationship. So my core belief was that I wasn't good enough. So I was not, um, you know, I, I, I got into bad relationships because I was just trying to fill that, fill myself because I didn't have a core belief that I deserved anything other than the crumbs that somebody would give me. So the, the C part is really, really important. What are your core beliefs? You know, write them down. What, what, what beliefs did you get that don't serve you? Um, in coaching, I have a process where I actually help my clients kind of let those go spiritually. It's like, you know, you have a core belief. Um, where did you get it? Who gave it to you? Do you want to hold on to that? Is that a belief you want to hold today? And if it's not a belief that you want to hold today, then let's challenge it. Right? Indeed. <clears throat> it's just amazing just how much negative dialogue people tell themselves day to day, whether it's our clients, whether it's people we love, whether it's people that we work with. Core beliefs. Oftentimes, false beliefs, 99% of the time, false beliefs, you know what I'm saying? Funny how oftentimes we're our worst enemy. Um, an interaction you may have with somebody, like, oh, they think this about me, or they don't like me, or they're going to fire me, or this or that. And then that's just your own projection a lot of the times. But with that projection and with that thought process, you start moving yourself in behaviors that can manifest that reality. So. <laughs> <laughs> wonderful point. Wonderful point. You know, I, I I bring up the idea the the um in in the book I write about something called um, tornado head, which is part of this abusive brain chatter, and it's exactly what you were talking about. Where and it's usually triggered by fear or shame, right? The, the, the quickest way to get me in my head and spinning is if, if I feel shame. And, you know, that's, that happens. People shame us. And we have to really be aware of that. Just, you know, is that their stuff? Is that my stuff? But I call it tornado head because it starts like with my clients, it starts like this. 
I will say something like, so how did last week go? What, you know, what we set these goals. How did you do on your, on your goals? And they'll say, well, you know, I didn't do my journaling. I know I was going to, but I, I really didn't do it. And I didn't get to the gym. And, you know, the problem is, is that I just, you know, sometimes I just don't have any motivation. It's because I don't think a lot of, you know, it's because I, I was never allowed to do anything and I was never good enough. And, and my mother used to, you know, tell me that I couldn't do things. And so then of course, when I go to work and I get criticized at work, then I start, you know, feeling this really, and so there's, and they're there, they start talking really more quickly and it starts spinning it starts spinning around until they start saying you know and it was my grandmother and she used to do that to my mother and you know then I'm gonna have to go home my husband's gonna be upset and pretty soon Toto you're not in Kansas anymore <laughs> and that's what I'll say to my clients is like wow wait a minute how did we get there well they felt a little shame about not doing what they thought they should do right and I, I don't should anybody it's like you know my goal is to help you examine this to figure this out. I'm walking with you here. If you didn't do it, let's figure out what, what was difficult for you so that you can do it. So the shame is, you know, this, this self, this feeling that they feel because they think they should have done it a certain way. And then they start this tornado head. And tornado head is so damaging because it, it just, it piles on it's like you just start with one thing and then you pile on. And, you know, if I'm not careful with my clients, that's we end up spending a session on something that was piled on rather than let's let's start. Let's go back. Let's go back to that initial thing and let's let's unpack that. Right. And so I tell my clients and I love it when I say stay out of tornado head, just identify it. Just say, oops, I'm in tornado head. I'm picking up more stuff. And um, if you if you can pay attention to that, you know, sometimes my clients will come back and go, yeah, you know, I was doing this and then I got into tornado head, but I just stopped. I didn't do it. I just stopped myself. And that's part of the, that awareness, awareness of what your brain is doing without judgment. There is there are no shoulds. You're not good or bad if you do it. It's just something that we do as people that we have to retrain. Right. Indeed. <clears throat> what is your philosophy on personal growth and development? Wow, that's a great question. Um, personal growth, uh, I think, starts when we're very young. And um, the beauty of aging and the stages of aging really help us um, uh, we're always growing. We're always growing. And I want to tell you, if you're young, it's hard. It's hard to be young now. And, um, but it gets better because we keep growing and we keep learning. And as we grow, we begin to take back who we are. So on a spiritual level, I'll tell you what my spiritual philosophy is. My spiritual philosophy is that we come into this earth as a beautiful soul. It's just this, you know, this beautiful, you know, unvarnished soul. And somewhere in our childhood, things happen to us and we start closing, shutting down that soul. 
and we start, you know, covering it up and keeping it hidden because it's not safe anymore. It's not safe to think the way you think. It's not safe to show up the way you show up. Um, I had a suicidal mother and um, I learned at a very young age that I had to behave a certain way. Otherwise, I was at risk of losing my mother. And um, so I had to just shut down my soul and be a good girl. <laughs> Otherwise, mom would die, right? So that was something that happened to me. And so throughout my life, I completely stopped listening to myself. I started people pleasing. I'm sure there's a lot of people who can identify with people pleasing, right? It's about manipulating people to like me. And that's because I have no sense of who I am, no sense of self because I've stopped it. I'm just, my job now is just protecting that soul. I mean, it's just keeping it, keeping it, you know, under wraps. And when I keep it under wraps, I'm, I'm not free to grow, to explore, to be who I am. And for me, the food, when I, you know, as a food addict, the food was a great way to stuff all of that down and keep my soul protected. Because as long as I could just, you know, keep myself insulated and isolated, nothing was going to hurt me. But on the, the sad part of it is, is that Jackie never got to show up. So what I say is that the growth is when we start to go back and unpack that and find that soul. Um, when we start finding that, uh, you know, we made these agreements with our parents that we were going to be a certain way and they were going to love us. When we start realizing that it's okay to show up in the world, when we start taking the chances, when we start challenging our core beliefs, when we do our ABCs, when we're aware of how we think, what we're saying to ourselves, when we change our belief um, to a belief that's more loving and kind, and when we challenge those core beliefs, then we're growing. That's personal growth. That's a lot of growth. And that's what we need to do as we age. Because when we start aging out, now I'm 70, so I, you know, so it was real important for me at this stage in my life that I go back and reclaim my soul. So that's some of the work that I do. It's, it's you know, I take people back and I, I take them back to that time that they had to hide it. And we kind of bring it back together along with whatever spiritual guide, God, Gaia, Jesus, Mother Mary, higher power, you know, um, I don't other Glinda, the witch of the, the West, you know, whatever it is, and bring it back and say, okay, now this is yours. You know, your family, everything else that you, you, you keep, you kept this hidden so you could survive. But now this little soul, this soul is yours now, and you're responsible for it, which means that you have to grow and you have to um, examine everything, how it relates to your soul. So, for example, I had somebody who was having a struggle with a family member. And she didn't know whether she should uh, do something that was it took care of her or took care of her family member. And she was very torn about it. And so what I said was, you know, what does your what is going to nourish your soul? Which decision is going to 
grow your soul because that's your responsibility now. That's our responsibility when we take it back. And it takes many years. I, you know, tw- some, I have a client in their 20s and I'm, she's, she amazes me because, you know, people in their 20s, that's a, that's a tough lesson. That's hard because you don't really have that life experience. But as you start getting into your 40s and, you know, and 50s, you start to understand that um, the chains that you put on yourself are not serving you anymore. And you start feeling like you want to become your authentic self. And I think that personal growth at that point is about spirituality, about finding that soul and about nourishing it. What values do you have in your life now? You don't have to take on your parents' values. You you can have your own values. And this is your soul and you get to do with it what you want. And I think when you follow that path, that you that's where personal that's where personal growth and development happens. That's the magic. Indeed, indeed. As a life coach, how you've been doing life coaching for a while and you figured out a formula to help people overcome their negative self-talk. Their negative self-talk is oftentimes what leads them to therapy, leads them to despair, leads them to not only mental health anguish, but in my field, addictions. Um, you do so via workshops, right? Speaking engagements. You do you do one-on-one life coaching, relationship coaching, another avenue that could cause despair because if the persons don't have like values or values that are comparable to each other's, especially after they have children, whew, boy, can that throw a curveball in the relationship and cause some turmoil? You know, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. And spiritual coaching, like you said before, I know people in my practice who a lot of their anguish comes from, I don't know, them being in such a tight tunnel vision work regarding their religious beliefs when they were coming up. And now when it, as they grow and their minds expand and they learn more about what religion truly is and how the world is differed and was mainly religion is based on cultural, you know, basis of, across the whole planet. And they'll see that the church is not always serving them. And then they have all this anguish. Why is the preacher rich and have a Bentley and lives in a mansion? And I'm giving 10% or more my t- for tithes and I'm not prospering, you know, so, yeah. Well, you know, you you raise a couple of points, if I may address them. One is the relationship coaching. And what I want to say about that is that the reason I, I, I became a relationship coach, and I don't do a lot of it, but it comes up in the work that I do in terms of boundaries. You know, people who are people pleasers and who've had to hide out and who have abusive brain chatter, they don't have good boundaries. They don't know how to set boundaries. And so um, and, and, and so that's a lot of the work I do. It's like, you know, it's okay to show up. And there's really a kind way to ask for what you want and set your boundary. You, can't, you don't have to give in to other people because you're afraid they're not going to like you. They're going to like you more when you... Um, when you stand up for yourself, when you show up and when you say, you know, I, I teach this technique called the embrace technique where you you start with um, saying how you feel about something like, you know, when 
you come in, to, you know, I just want to share with you that when you come in to work late, I, I start getting anxious that the work isn't going to get done. So I'd like to ask is, would it be possible this week for you to start coming in at exactly nine o'clock for us to get started? Um, would that work for you? And then wait, you know, and they may say yes or no, whatever. But the idea is that there you set a boundary and it was, uh, you know, and it was done in a kind way. You don't have to say, you've got to come in at nine o'clock and you're really upsetting me. And, you know, you, you don't have to do that. There's ways through relationship coaching that you can show up as you. So that's the thing. And, and, and the Bill of Rights, you have a right to show up. You have a right to have to be heard. There's a, a saying I heard. It's like, if one of us has to be angry, why not be you? <laughs> right. But I think as people pleasers and codependents, a lot of times they think it's well, it's easier for me to be angry because I can deal with it. If they're angry, then they, they might reject me. And that's even worse. I can't deal with that. So that is the part of um, of relationship coaching that I, that I love to do, that I love to bring into my practice. So that's the one thing. And the other thing we were talking about, um, you know, the idea that, um, well, let's see, I think I lost my, my second train of thought there was- Spirituality. Uh, is spirituality, thank you. <laughs> you know, you're, you're so right. A lot of the people who come to me, I've had people come to me and, um, say, I, you know, don't talk to me about God. I was, I was, you know, God, how could the Holocaust happen if there was a God? And, you know, I, again, what, what I, what I say is, you know, th that if you're finding a God that's punishing, and if you grew up with a punishing God, then maybe that's not the God you want, but guess what? You might be able to get to create your own God. Have, have you ever, and then I have them sit quietly and tune in, you know, we do a little bit of that work and start tuning into themselves. You know, that, you know, that voice that says, yes, oh, that's, I should be doing that. Or the voice that says, no, don't do that. Don't do that. But you don't listen to it. Well, you can use that voice. It can simply be your higher self. You don't have to say God, you can say higher self, higher power you know, I need to tune into that. I need to pause. I need to listen. Um, because if you don't, what I challenge my clients to say is, why are you here then? I mean, if you feel like you can figure it out on your own without any higher thinking or higher power, what are we doing here? What we're doing here is you've asked me to come help walk you through how to live your life the best way you want to live it and how to reach your goals and how to become that better person. Well, I'm here to tell you that you are not going to become that better person if you're stuck in your mind. Um, we have to find, we have to find that place inside of you. And I just like to call it spiritual. Um, like I said, I know, I know somebody who calls it love and beauty. I know somebody who calls it mother Mary. I had a client who absolutely had, uh, she had religion trauma and I, I couldn't even mention anything close to it. But when we did our visualizations and when you quiet your mind and you kind of find that voice, she found the voice of Glinda, 
you know, from the Wizard of Oz. She, you know, when, when we came out of the meditation, she says, you know, I just saw this big bubble coming and this big, beautiful, you know, Glinda the Witch. And so the work that we do is we start talking to it. Well, what is it saying to you? And that's all you have to do. You know, that, that's it. If you think that's a big hurdle you have to cross, I say, quiet your mind for a moment. Take yourself somewhere, do it in a meditation and ask yourself a question. And, and journaling is a great way to do this. Journaling is one of the best ways to get in touch with your source or your higher power or whatever it is. You know, add, write down, ask yourself the question and then pause and wait for the answer to come. And if the answer is punitive or part of your abusive brain chatter is telling you you're not good enough, you haven't found your spirit. Quiet yourself a little bit more. And, you know, I'm comfortable calling my spirit God, you know, whatever, you know, I, we all have our own ideas and image. And when I do my meditation, I have my own idea of what that is. But I write myself Dear God letters. This is, this is a suggestion I give people. Write yourself a Dear Me letter, a Dear Higher Self, if you can't, if it's not, if you can't accept God. But you have to be able to find your higher self. You, you know, just don't go into a, what do they say? Don't go into a gunfight with a knife. Um, and that's what you're doing when you're going in here, trying to rationalize your, with your thinking, you're trying to, you know, get rash when you're trying to challenge your core beliefs. I mean, they're going to outsmart you every time they've been doing it for how many years, however, however many years you are. So don't go in there with that mind, get support, get help. Get spiritual counseling, get coaching, get a sponsor, um, you know, trust, trust that it is in there and that your job is to mine it, to open, to leave space and open up so that you can hear it. And, you know, that's what I say to people when they say that they're, you know, I don't believe in God. Well, no one says you have to, but if you want to change and if you want to keep going the way you're going, then, then listen to your brain. But if you want to change, you have to listen to a higher self, a higher power, something higher than those waves going around in your head. Indeed, indeed. Go to a short commercial break and we'll be right back. I can't breathe. I have migraines, numbness, weight loss. I live with it every day. The illness that I'm suffering from is an anxiety disorder, and it deserves to be treated like any other illness. But it's not. Hey, boss. Okay. I said I'm fine. Today's episode featuring Jackie Elliott, Healing the Abusive Brain Chatter. And you can find out more at healingabc.com. 
All right. I just want to say those commercials are fabulous. Uh, <laughs> you know, that's kind of in keeping with what I'm saying, you know, words, lyrics, words are more, yeah. you know, find a way, just find a way into, into that, into yourself. Yes, ma'am. Indeed. Remembering your ABCs. What are the ABCs and how do we remember them? Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, the, the motivation is that um, you don't want to do this anymore. Um, when I have, when we set goals, um, by the way, I do want to mention that on, on the first Monday of the month, I have a, a free Zoom motivation workshop where people hop on Zoom at uh, 530 Pacific time and it's free for an hour and we set goals and then we get in touch with our motivation. So the AB, so, so the motivation often leads to when, to the ABCs, it's, it's like, well, why aren't you, why aren't you doing this? Why can't you, if say you want to find a new job, um, what's motivating you? Well, I want to be better. I want to find a new job. I want to get, you know, I, I want to make more money. Oh, that's a huge one. Money mindset. You know, what's our money mindset. And I do have some work, uh, some sheets on my website about money mindset and they're free. So you can just go online, but money mindset is a huge one. Um, I don't think I'm worthy of making a lot of money. I can't make more money. Um, that's, that's a really big mindset. So we'll start with something small, like, okay, what's your goal? Well, my goal is to make more money. Well, let's break that down. Let's break it down into smaller steps. So what is your mindset about money? What is money to you? Well, money is, you know, my parents thought money was horrible and all of that. So we have to challenge, you know, start challenging that belief. Is that true? Is money horrible or is, does money give you freedom and power and or whatever it is that you need? So you kind of go through that and you ask the whys. Why, why, why? Why do I want to make more money? Why do I want to write this book? You know, why, why, why? We get to the motivation and then you start taking the steps to doing it. You break them down to really small steps. But if you find that you're not doing them week after week or something's happening and, you know, uh, I mean, what do they say about uh, New Year's resolutions? I think today's the day where most people give up their resolutions, right? What is it? The 20s something or the 17s or something. That's because we stop we, we, the, something has come into our brain where our, our chatter starting to chat. And telling us, well, it's not that important to me, or I really can't do it. I'm never really going to be thin anyway. So why am I, why am I even bothering to fix my, you know, eat my food right? So that's the first thing is get really in touch with your motivation. What is it that you want to do? And if you want to do something, then you're going to have to challenge. You're going to have to challenge your core belief. And so the first part is being aware. That's the ABCs. Remember the aware, believe, and challenge your core belief. So if you're not reaching your goals, start, start with the A's and start being aware like, oh, okay, when did I stop? When did that goal start be, stop becoming important to me? And then start remembering your, your motivation. Okay, so I wanted, to, I wanted to do that. I wanted to lose weight because I want to feel better or I wanted to make more money because it's going to allow me to pay bills and I won't be so nervous. Okay. So you're, you start you start becoming aware of what you're saying to yourself and what your motivation is. 
then you start again, you go to that belief. We have to, you know, the power, the power of affirmations is huge. There's, there's so much science behind it. Um, you know, sometimes our brain gets confused as to what's the truth and what's the not, what's not the truth. I mean, athletes know this. They know that if they need to hit that ball, they're visualizing themselves hitting that ball out of the park, right? You, they're visualizing it. They're seeing themselves. And the brain sometimes doesn't know the difference. It's, it's kind of thinking, oh, maybe I did that or I didn't do that. You know how when you have a dream and you think it's real, but it isn't real because sometimes it tricks the brain, right? The neuroplasticity in the brain kind of, you know, gets a little, gets tricky. And so, you know, the idea of believing and finding that belief is really important. So that's the A, B. And then again, as we talked about before, challenging your core beliefs. So at this point, you might say, wow, I didn't reach my goal. Um, what is my core belief about that goal? Well, if it's about money, I have a core belief that um, I don't deserve it. I ha have a core belief that only my father could make money, um, that I can't make more money than my father. Um, I have a core belief that I don't deserve to make more money. And you start writing those down and and then you start taking steps to change them. I, you know, I have a wonderful story that I'm writing in my book about. I had this core belief that I was a weak. Uh, I had severe asthma as a child. And um, I believed that I was weak and I just couldn't do things like other people. And I always wanted to be an athlete. And I was always so envious of people who join marathons. And um, I said to myself, you know, let me, you know, I, I'm going to challenge this core belief. So I joined, I signed up for a triathlon, which was absolutely insane because <laughs> I'm not an athlete. And the idea of me, you know, swimming, I went, what was it, a swimming 2K and, and biking 25K and walking 5K was, you know, was utterly ridiculous. But I felt like I really wanted to do this. I really wanted to show myself that it's not about me not being good enough. It's about preparation. So I prepared endlessly for this 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 marathon and this triathlon and um and I swam and I, you know, I did all these things. And then, of course, the day came and I got, I, you know, I, I bought a wetsuit and I got into the water and I started swimming and my water, my wetsuit filled up with water and I was going nowhere. And I was just, I had to be rescued from the water, from the, uh, the lifeguard. And I was devastated. But before I got in, I said, look, can I finish this even if I didn't make it? Because in my mind, what I did is I reframed it. I reframed it to the fact that I swam 2K. I just swam in one place because I was in the water for about 20 minutes, but I just wasn't moving. <laughs> so I said to myself, okay, I swam the 2K. So once I got to land, I got on my bike and I rode my bike and I, you know, I ride my bike. So I, it, that wasn't a problem. And then came the walking part. And by that time I was exhausted, the running part. And I said, okay, I'm going to walk or I'm going to crawl, whatever it takes. I'm going to challenge this core belief that I can finish a, uh, a triathlon that, you know, that, that I can do this. And Felipe, I came in last, dead last. They were waiting to open up the coast highway. The police were behind just kind of like waiting as I crawled, almost crawled to the finish line and they dropped the finish line and I went through it and the traffic started flowing. 
And I thought to myself, wow, this was such a good learning lesson. It's about reframing it, reframing my core beliefs. So if I wanted to say, oh, you failed, I got pushed out of the water, look at you, you're, so, you're such a loser. I didn't. My, my goal was to complete the triathlon. And I kept every step of the way. I had to reframe my goal until I did it. But every time you achieve a goal, you get a little hit of dopamine. So it's really important to set those small goals and hit them. So inspiring, so inspiring. Healingabc.com is where they can find out more about your movement and the work that you bring to the table. Um, let's look at that website real quick, if you don't mind. Here's this masterpiece. In fact, let me take this banner off so I can see it just a little bit better. Do, do, do. There you go. Um, this is your website, beautifully designed. I'm jealous. <laughs> you do, um, you have workshops and retreat services to help, testimonials about me section, a self-help worksheets, ABCs, and a blog. Um, you have some advertisement right here at the very top. I love how you did that. Tell us yeah. about this vision board workshop. Well, you know, that just actually happened last week. Um, mm -hmm. I had a workshop where uh, we, we, we went in and we created a vision board. And if you've never done a vision board, I highly recommend for people. It's a great way to do that, um, creating a vision and being aware of what you want and believing. That's that, that B part. So you take magazines and you tear out pages from the magazines, whatever speaks to you. And you cut, you, you get a big poster board and then you start gluing things on them. You just, you don't think you get out of your head and you start, you know, you, if, if, a, if Hawaii calls to you or a clean closet calls to you, you don't think about it. You just put it on your vision board. And then when you're done, you start seeing what you value. And you put that up in front of you, like my vision board's like right up here. I see it every single day. And I, you know, just it, it starts, I start doing the things that are on my vision board. If I put on there, I wanted to change the way I dress or start adding color to my wardrobe. Well, I'm wearing purple now. You know, that was one of my vision board things. So, you know, it's, uh, it, it's a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing to do. And you can do it at home. And just the idea is to just kind of let yourself go and have fun with it. So, but what's going in place in that, I'm glad you pointed that out because I have to get with my website designer, is the Motivation Monday. That's going to be uh, on there next because you're going to be able to, like I said, um, go on my website and click on the, you know, the um, workshops and you're going to be able to join this Motivation Monday for free on Zoom. And it is, um, it, um, it is, and, and if it's not there today, I promise you it'll be there tomorrow because I'm going to get that, um, get that up there. There's Motivational Monday, right? So what you do is we're going to be on Zoom and you're going to pick that goal that we talked about and you're going to, we're going to go and break out rooms and you're going to start breaking it down. You're going to start breaking down. Why, why do you want to do this? What's the motivation? You're going to actually see yourself doing it. And then you're going to set goals and be accountable. And the next time you come the following month, you're going to, we're going to see how did you do? What stood in your way? Let's keep you motivated. Let's break it down even more. So three days of meditation isn't, is too much for you. 
we discovered that. Okay, so how about if we just this month do one day of meditation? You know what I mean? The idea is don't beat yourself up because you didn't reach your goal. Change your goal. Bring the bar down. Like when you do limbo, remember when you used to do limbo, you know, just bring the, the bar up. And when it gets too low, you're going to knock the bar off. So don't don't bring it that low. Just keep it up there where you can limbo under it. So um, I a, anybody's invited to that. And I, I, I hope, you know, if you're listening to this, that um, that you take advantage of it because it's just something I do for free. Just to, and I'm not going to sell you. I don't you know, like I said, I, I take very few clients. Um, because I, I put a lot into my, um, into my coaching. So it's not that I'm looking for clients or anything like that. I just really, really want to help people reach their goals. Indeed. Indeed. Well, thank you for coming on the Morning Therapy Podcast. For those that want to know more about the ABCs and not letting your negative thoughts be the controller of your life and having better dialogue in order to have better outcomes in your life, go to healingabc.com, learn more about Miss Jackie Elliott and participate in her Motivational Mondays because that seems like that's a free gift and that's the gift that keeps on giving, right, Miss Jackie? That's right. <laughs> And that's healingabc.com to sign up. And there's a number of, you know, videos and things and a three-minute deep meditation and different nuggets to address your wellness and your recovery. Um, you have um, on your Mondays, your my, those at 5.30 p.m. Pacific, I assume. The first Monday, yeah, the first Monday mm -hmm. of the month, yeah. All right, all right, all right. And self-help worksheets. I'm always in the hunt for some worksheets. So that's another thing you can get at healingabc.com. And you met today with Miss Jackie Elliott on the Modern Therapy Podcast. If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Modern Therapy Podcast. And you can do so by pushing play and subscribe wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. That's the More Than Therapy Podcast. Be well and be great.